0: Hey listeners, before we get started, if you're enjoying these episodes, you can actually check them out on YouTube in full video. You can just search Honest Ecommerce and you'll get pulled right to our channel. Make sure you subscribe and ring the bell for all the updates.
1: I do believe that it's it's worth it ultimately to find those things that can allow you to reach new consumers.
0: Welcome to Honesty Commerce, a podcast dedicated to cutting through the BS and finding actionable advice for online store owners. I'm your host, Chase Clymer, and I believe running a direct to consumer brand does not have to be complicated or a guessing game. On this podcast, we interview founders and experts who are putting in the work and creating real results. I also share my own insights from running our top Shopify consultancy, Electric Eye. We cut the fluff in favor of facts to help you grow your e commerce business. Let's get on with the show. Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of Honesty Commerce. I'm your host Chase Clymer, and today we're welcoming to the show Kerrigan Barons. She is the co-founder and co-CEO of consumer wellness brand Sagely Naturals. Welcome to the show today.
1: Thanks for having me, Chase.
0: Awesome. So, just take me back in time. Uh, where did the idea for Sagely Naturals come from? Uh, you know, what was going on in your life and 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 kind of what made you kind of want to dive in here and take this journey?
1: Yeah. So I had just graduated from business school and I wanted to be an entrepreneur. I had met my co-founder in business school and we were already talking about starting something together, although it was food related. So we had each been investment bankers. We had both gone into the restaurant industry of all things. And so when we first met, there was this immediate... um, Attraction. She was excited about operations and finance. I was more excited about marketing and sales. And um, so we started putting together a business plan for a, a restaurant concept, basically, and it was going to require something like three million dollars in startup capital. And um, so we weren't sure how we were going to do that. And meanwhile, I went to a, a friend's birthday party in Ohio, which is kind of a Hippie community. And do you live there?
0: I do live in Ohio. Oh,
1: are, you, are you... Do you agree with that assessment? Hippie community? Oh, and yeah, we got a lot
0: of weirdos here. Welcome <laughs> to the club.
1: Well, it's a gorgeous place. I'm jealous that you live there. Um, so yeah, I was in Ohio on vacation and a friend had a jar of CBD honey on her kitchen counter. And it was something that I had heard of. Um. This was back in 2015. And... I had never tried it before, so i I asked her if I could try it, and you know an hour later, this lower back pain that I've had had for years like felt better, and not to mention, I was also in like the best mood that I could remember being in in a long time and um it just was one of those true light bulb moments like. Wow, I feel so good. How do I feel this again? And that next week, I got my cannabis prescription and I started doing um, you know, probably like the funniest kind of market research that you could do for a new company, which is I went to as many dispensaries as I could to see what CBD products were on the market. And I was just really underwhelmed and also not comfortable using any of the products that I could find because most of them contained THC but also the branding was just um first donors and that's yeah. not what I was looking for and so I went to my co-founder and I said, you know, I think there's something here. Um CBD has the power to help a lot of people and I just have this feeling that it's going to be a, a thing and um she was going through what we now like to call the medicine cabinet makeover where she had already thrown out stuff in her pantry that wasn't organic but she was just for the first time in her life starting to look at you know what about the lotion that i put on my skin or what about when i pop advil like what does that actually do to my body and if i if i'm trying to eat like organic whole foods you know what does that mean for The artificial dyes that are present in almost every product you'll find in your medicine cabinet, um, or, you know, artificial fragrances. And so, even though she wasn't dealing with chronic pain, she was very compelled by this idea of better for you alternative. And um, when we started to think about, you know, how would we put a company like this together, we were fortunate enough in that my marketing professor from business school got us access to some grant money and we were able to do some consumer insights work to figure out... like, Do people even know what CBD is? The answer was no. Like, Fewer than 2% of Americans at that time knew what it was. But is that going to be a barrier? And why would someone not try this product? Why would they try it? And what was really compelling about that work was that we learned... The majority of people actually don't have something against cannabis. They don't think that it's morally wrong. It's just the people who don't use cannabis products. It's purely because they don't like the feeling of getting high. And that was where we saw the magic coming in, which is... If you believe that there's a medicinal benefit to cannabis, but you don't want to get high, then CBD is like the answer. And um, so we each pitched in $15,000 and we came up with a single product, which is actually today, 7 years later, our best-selling product, which is the relief and recovery cream. And we found a co-manufacturer and convinced them to do a pilot run, which was all we could afford, and put together a pretty shitty website on Shopify. And, um, And we were off with a single product. And and just started knocking on doors and and you know trying to do everything we could to get customers.
0: Oh man. So that's that's a great story. So uh I kinda wanna talk about uh or just have a question about pivoting. So you guys originally wanted to make a restaurant and then <laughs> you you had a, a you saw a larger opportunity with in within CBD, you know. Uh, was that the business school backing that helped you guys make that pivot faster, or were there a little bit more conversations than just like you know let's do it um and, and kind of what other advice would you have out there about uh pivoting in general?
1: I would say we didn't really have much conviction in the in the food concept like I was looking for a job, you know I had just graduated my co founder was still working, she was the director of operations for a restaurant chain, so she and she wasn't preparing to quit. You know, it's not like we were taking concrete steps towards starting one of these concepts um and then and then when we, you know, figured out that it was going to cost us so much to start it, um it just felt out of reach whereas when we started to think about well first of all just the enthusiasm around CBD, like there was a real passion there and so I Any doubts that I had about starting a business before um, disappeared because I just felt so strongly that this product needed to be in the market. or Not just product, but like this ingredient needed to be accessed by more people. Um, But then the fact that we were able to figure out a way to actually start a company with $30,000 and that we could fund it ourselves, it just made it so much more tangible and doable. And that's when I decided to stop Interviewing, and that's when my co founder decided to quit her job. And so I started, uh, I tried CBD in July of 2015. She quit her job, I want to say in like August. And by October, we had incorporated the company, and May of the following year is when we launched our first product. So once we decided to switch to CBD, like it just Felt like there was fuel on the
0: fire. If you're struggling with scaling your sales, maybe Electric Eye can help. Our team has helped our clients generate millions of dollars in additional revenue through our unique brand scaling framework. You can learn more about our agency at electriceye.io. That's E-L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-Y-E.io. Mesa is the expansion pack for your Shopify store to level up your brand. By turning all your apps into your business epicenter, Mesa can help lighten your workload and tame the day-to-day chaos of running your store. Join successful brands like Mudwater, Chubbies, and Golden to learn how to use clever workflows to get more done without more overhead. Whether you need to order details in Google Sheets, products added on Etsy, or customer information updated in your CRM, Mesa connects your data where it's needed most. To put it quite simply, Mesa is a better way to work. Browse pre-made templates for Shopify's most popular apps to get your first automation up and running in minutes. Search Mesa thats M-E-S-A, in the Shopify App Store and download the app today. Is your store holiday ready? Now is the time to make sure you and your team are prepared for the busy season ahead. Gorgeous, an omnichannel help desk built for e-commerce has machine learning functionality that takes the pressure off small support teams and gives them the tools to manage a large number of inquiries at scale, especially during the holiday season. Gorgeous combines all your different communication channels like email, SMS, social media, live chat, and even phone into one platform and gives you an organized view of all your customer inquiries. Their powerful functionality can save your support team hours per day and makes managing customer orders a breeze merchants can close tickets faster than ever with the help of pre-written responses integrated with customer data to increase the overall efficiency of customer support. Their built-in automations also free up time for support agents to give better answers to complex product-related questions, providing next-level support, which helps increase sales, brand loyalty, and recognition. Eric Bandholz, the founder of Beardbrand, says we're a seven-figure business and we have essentially one person on customer support and experience. It's impossible to do it without tools such as Gorgeous to help us innovate. Learn how to level up your customer support by speaking to their team. Visit Gorgeous.GRSM.IO/Honest. Mention this podcast when you sign up to get two months free. That's G O R G I A S.GRSM.IO/Honest. Our partner Rewind can protect your e-commerce store by automatically backing up your business critical data. Rewind should be the first app you install to protect your store against human error, misbehaving apps, or collaborators gone bad. It's like having your very own magic undo button. Trusted by over 100,000 businesses from side hustles to the biggest online retailers like Nicks, Paul Mitchell, and Pampers. Best of all, visit rewind.com slash honest ecommerce to get your first month absolutely free. That's rewind.com slash honest ecommerce. Getting an online business off the ground isn't easy. So, if you find yourself working late, tackling a to do list that's a mile long with your fifth cup of coffee by your side, remember great email doesn't have to be complicated. That's what Clavio is for. It's the email and SMS platform built to help e commerce brands earn more money by creating genuine customer relationships. Once you set up your free Clavio account, you can start sending beautiful branded messages in minutes thanks to drag and drop design templates and built-in guidance. And with e-commerce specific recommendations and insights, you can keep growing your business as you go. Get started with a free account at klaviyo.com/honest. That's k l a v i y o.com/h o n e s t. All right, so you guys are going all in on this idea. It's your main focus and you uh, kind of come up with your your go-to-market skew, you've got your one product, your flagship product, and you launch a website. Now what? How do you how do you find these first customers? What was your guys' kind of strategy to kind of get this new product and it, almost a new vertical in front of consumers?
1: Yeah. I mean cuz at that point we didn't have any budget left right so there was no marketing budget um it was really just anything we could think of that was guerrilla like also there was this retail component so um it without any budget it did feel more manageable to go to an actual food store in the neighborhood and sell the product in and you know put up a table Um, where we could hand out samples. And that was a really key part of our strategy at the beginning was we made little sample packets of our cream, our one product. And we just tried to figure out ways that we could give out the samples. So um, the demos were a big thing. But then we were also going to... um, like In Santa Monica, there's these famous um, stairs that people run up and down. And we would just go to the stairs. Initially, we would just go to the stairs and hand out samples. And then we figured out like, oh, well, we could do this a little bit more um, scaled. And so we brought a massage therapist and we put up a tent. And we were handing out samples, but we were also giving people massages. And the massage therapist was basically willing to do this without getting paid because we were just giving her the product and she was using it in her massages and so we found these like in kind ways to um to get exposure to the product to people but the sample packets we also would include in every single e-commerce order that we shipped and from the very beginning we had this little note card that Kaylee and I initially were like handwriting and signing that said please share this with a friend or family member in need and to this day, if you order one of our products, you'll get at least one free sample and a similar note card. Although we don't hand sign them <laughs> anymore.
0: Uh, so I just really want to highlight that in the beginning, you had to be scrappy and you put in the work. You put in hours of your time to go out there and do things that... Uh, this is to quote a previous guest, numerous guests. They just said, you got to do things that aren't scalable in the beginning uh, to really... kind of. Get a foothold in your market.
1: that's a really good way to put it. I haven't thought about it like that, but that's true. Like nothing you do in the beginning is <laughs> scalable.
0: You know the feedback that you're getting in real time from consumers or the way that they would um, ask questions about your product is invaluable. i would I would say that you know you'd probably have to spend tens of thousands of dollars to get that same type of feedback this day.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I also had my cell phone number as the customer service number. And so I was hearing when, you know, oftentimes um we have a lot of baby boomer women that use our products and women would call and they, you know, would have trouble using the website and I would need to walk them through how to place the order and in the meantime I'd say, you know, oh, so what are you using the product for and um and oftentimes those Conversations led to deeper insights and allowed us to figure out, like, oh, I'm getting this question a lot. Maybe we should write a blog entry about it, or maybe this is something that actually needs to go on the package next time. Mm-hmm. It was really helpful.
0: Awesome. So you guys kind of figured out how to acquire that first group of customers. Now, um, for those that aren't in the know, uh, historically, CBD was kind of in what uh, we. C- kind of just say is like a vice category. So, you can't do the traditional paid advertising. Um payment processors sometimes are a little iffy on accepting you and you guys going with which was more or less kind of like a direct to consumer first strategy. Um what were some of those difficulties that you encountered launching a brand that's kind of like on the we'll call, we'll call it on the line, uh especially back then, these days it's a little more uh not vice i guess but um you know what were some of those difficulties that you encountered would you have any advice for younger entrepreneurs that want to get into a similar uh kind of space
1: yeah it's so frustrating because you're right it is treated like a vice category even though our products don't contain THC now they're sold at 20,000 stores across the country including yep. you know Walgreens and CVS and so it, yes, you would think like, okay, well, if these products are legal to sell, we wouldn't have these problems. But um, in my opinion, big advertising giants like Facebook and Google just didn't feel like dealing with the, the gray area. And so they just lumped us in with the same category as marijuana or you know pharmaceuticals. I actually think pharmaceutical companies have an easier time advertising than we do but yeah it's everything you said so the payment processors was an absolute nightmare for the first handful of years that we were in business we would get constantly kicked off of our processors there were multiple times when we just were not able to accept payment online and you know for every hour that goes by you're thinking like okay well that's this many lost sales and we ended up compensating by Always having multiple processors on board, like my co-founder who's did our finances, she drove her crazy because she was always filling out these applications, and there were a couple times when I looked at them and I was like, "Haley, you realize you're this is signing a personal guarantee like we're not signing this, you know and she was like, "Oh shit, like I didn't realize you know like you at the time we weren't homeowners, but like we could lose our cars like if for some reason the business defaults um so there were some really iffy moments with the credit card processors that has actually gotten a lot better fortunately um but advertising is still a huge challenge and we are still not really allowed to advertise on Google and Facebook and it's just always so interesting talking to other marketers or other founders um, that have D2C businesses because, and I know like post the iOS update, it's a different, but like pre the iOS update, that was such a majority of people's marketing spend for those two specific platforms. And we've never been able to spend like you know i think at our most scaled we were spending like $10,000 a month um and that was by doing these roundabout things that yeah. you know weren't illegal by any means but weren't also click straightforward click on our ad come to our site and buy our product like we always had to think about ways to just make it work and not have the ad rejected and um so it's forced us to lean into other channels of marketing um more recently we've had some success with um rich digital media platforms and there've always been these businesses that like pitch you like we work with cannabis brands we know your problems you know we have the specific set of publishers that are okay with you advertising and um like most things in the cannabis industry they've often been sketchy and not delivered on their promises so i'm it's so tempting to want to work with people that like really understand your space um but you also have to be wary because they're not always like delivering on what they say
0: you you kind of mentioned it uh Earlier, but so since you are limited to like you can't use Facebook ads, you can't use Google ads, so there are other questions which are probably the number one and two channels for 99% of a direct consumer brand. So, where are you guys spending most of your effort when it comes to marketing
1: right now on rich digital media? So, what's that
0: for the people that are listening that don't know what that means?
1: I mean, as a consumer, you would experience it like you go to a website, you see an interactive ad. Um, and you are compelled to click on it and the ad is it's not just a static picture like often it will you know transition from one slide into four slides um or you can even run <clears throat> video on a lot of these platforms so we shot a commercial which is another thing by the way that we we've, we've done recently where we've both aired it On traditional linear um, TV and also um, OTT advertising. And we took that same asset and we've also been using it uh, like a 30 second version um, as well as like a 20 second version for this rich digital media advertising.
0: And then uh, kind of, on the opposite of advertising on kind of the marketing side of things, retention in general, um, how important to you is like kind of the email operation?
1: Very important because <laughs> so being honest, like we have incredibly high retention, but you know, part of that is because and we have a really, really high um conversion rate, but part of that is because we're not actually directing a ton of new traffic to the site it's
0: very organic
1: yeah so our our email list is um we've been almost religious about like not corrupting it like we've when we've tried to do you know big giveaways with other brands you always get a bunch of email addresses but it can impact your open rates and um so we'll just like uh, keep those people in a separate list and we'll send them targeted communications, but we'll never combine those names with our master email list because the master email list is very pure. Like It's people who are really passionate about the brand and many of them have already bought something and we have actually like correspondence with some of them where they're willing to answer survey questions for us so we get amazing insights from some of them um so yeah i mean retention through email and then also like loyalty programs has been very key for us
0: and so something that's unique about your situation compared to a lot of other guests that we've had on the podcast is um the brand was acquired um and you're still there and you're still working right alongside with uh yeah, uh, it was excuse me, Hemp Fusion. Oh yeah. Um. So, can you tell me a little bit about uh that process, and you know what that allows you and the brand to now do?
1: Yeah. So Hemp Fusion is, or I shouldn't say, was one of our competitor CBD brands. Um, they have been around as long as we have. So back in those early days when. Kaylee and I were checking out our local natural food stores. We were seeing hemp fusion products on the shelves. And um, we always really admired the business for its emphasis on quality, which in this category is like the, you know, very easily the number one differentiator. Um, there are a lot of ways to get CBD, but not a lot of ways to get it where it's organic and you know, you're sure that there aren't any pesticides being used when it's grown. And um, so the investment that they made over the years in their quality program was always very impressive to me and my co-founder. And um, during COVID, we were we were thinking about raising money. And then we ended up having a conversation with um, one of the founders of Hemp Fusion. And it they had just gone public and there was an opportunity to to combine forces and the way that the industry has been going is um very much consolidation that you know we we're we're the number one selling brand in retail across the country um but we've always been a small brand like we've you know we've raised money over the years but never a substantial amount of money and so um It just felt like if we wanted Sagely to continue to to grow and to reach new people, that the best bet was really to bring on a partner. And um, so I want to say about 6 months ago, we were acquired by Hemfusion. And um, it's definitely brought us the ability to have more resources and scale in a way that we probably would have had a harder time doing on our own.
0: Absolutely. It, it makes sense in in a lot of cases uh doing you can go a lot further with a team than you can on your own. That's that's for sure. Yeah. Now, is there anything that I forgot to ask you about that you think would resonate with our audience?
1: One thing that you had me thinking about the last time we chatted was just, you know, whether there was advice for other e-com founders and um I can't take credit for this one but another founder told me like a handful of years ago that the way they think about their budget is um like 80 to 90% tried and true tactics and then 20 to 10% of like experimental funds and you're smiling so clearly you've heard this advice as well but um I had never really bucketed it like that before. I had always encouraged my marketers to think about what's next and you know what are we trying that we haven't tried before, but that felt like a much safer way to frame the concept to be able to say like you know at least 10% of our budget at all times needs to be going towards experimental channels.
0: Yeah, uh, channels or just experimental marketing in general. So like you you've got your tried and true things, you things that you know that would work. You know, oftentimes I kind of will sometimes say, like, you know, it's a switch that you can flip and you know that on the other side, money will pour out. Like, you've got a funnel pretty well dialed in in that regard. But then there's always like, you want to keep testing new things and there's always new technologies coming out or new ways to interact with people and just like cool stuff you can do. Uh, and, you know, you just have to go into it with an open mind, like, you know, this might not work or it might work crazy good. Who knows? Like, because you've never tried it before.
1: Yeah. The difficulty is, um, that it seems like programs these days like it's hard to find programs that you know want to start with less than a $50,000 test which um you know d- depending on how big your budget is like that that feels like a quite a commitment um to test something but it's I do believe that it's it's worth it ultimately to find those things that can allow you to reach new consumers.
0: Absolutely now. So uh, you've talked so much about this amazing product if someone was curious about it and they want to they want to try it out, where do they go? What do they do?
1: Well, given this is you know a, a D2c focused um, <laughs> podcast, I, I would recommend going to our website, which is sagelynaturals.com um but we are also now like i mentioned in 20,000 stores across the country so um basically every drugstore that you have near you and um we also just launched our first collection of non-CBD products at Target so um those are also over the counter pain relief products Think about like an icy hot or Bengay, but just only with natural ingredients. And um, if you are watching, you can see our packaging. We basically wanted to come up with something that just felt a lot more modern and feminine than what you can currently find in the pain aisle at your local drugstore. So um, you know, why shouldn't you be able to take some pleasure in pain, like? You're already dealing with <laughs> something annoying, like for me, lower back pain. So, hopefully, the experience of using something at least can be pleasant. In that, you know, the cream smells great; it absorbs really easily. Um, and so, that's that's what I always hope people can experience. And why we focused on sampling so much at the beginning of our business is that once people try the product, they they love it. So. Um, yeah, I hope people will
0: try it. Absolutely. Kerrigan, thank you so much for coming on today and sharing all of that. Thank
1: you for having me.
0: Alright. I can't thank our guests enough for coming on the show and sharing their knowledge and journey with us. We've got a lot to think about and potentially add into our own business. You can find all the links in the show notes. Make sure you head over to honestecommerce.co to check out all of the other amazing content that we have. Make sure you subscribe, leave a review, And obviously, if you're thinking about growing your business, check out our agency at electriceye.io. Until next time.